Chapter 31 Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, Book 3 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, Book 3, by Niccolo Machiavelli. Translation by Ninian Hill Thompson. Chapter 31. That strong republics and valiant men preserve through every change the same spirit and bearing. Among other high sayings which our historian ascribes to Camillus as showing of what stuff a truly great man should be made, he puts in his mouth the words, My courage came not with my dictatorship, nor went with my exile. For by these words we are taught that a great man is constantly the same through all vicissitudes of fortune, so that although she change, now exalting, now depressing, he remains unchanged, and retains always a mind so unmoved, and in such complete accordance with his nature, as declares to all that over him fortune has no dominion. Very different is the behavior of those weak-minded mortals who, puffed up and intoxicated with their success, ascribe all their felicity to virtues which they never knew, and thus grow hateful and insupportable to all around them. Whence also the changes in their fortunes? For whenever they have to look adversity in the face, they suddenly pass to the other extreme, becoming abject and base. And thus it happens that feeble-minded princes, when they fall into difficulties, think rather of flight than of defense, because, having made bad use of their prosperity, they are wholly unprepared to defend themselves. The same merits and defects which I say are found in individual men are likewise found in republics, whereof we have example in the case of Rome and of Venice, for no reverse of fortune ever broke the spirit of the Roman people, nor did any success ever unduly elate them, as we see plainly after their defeat at Cannae, and after the victory they had over Antiochus. For the defeat at Cannae, although most momentous, being the third they had met with, no wit daunted them, so that they continued to send forth armies, refused to ransom prisoners as contrary to their custom, and dispatched no envoy to Hannibal or to Carthage to sue for peace, but without ever looking back on past humiliations, thought always of war, though in such straits for soldiers that they had to arm their old men and slaves. Which facts being made known to Hanno the Carthaginian, he, as I have already related, warned the Carthaginian Senate not to lay too much stress upon their victory. Here, therefore, we see that in times of adversity the Romans were neither cast down nor dismayed. On the other hand, no prosperity ever made them arrogant. Before fighting the battle wherein he was finally routed, Antiochus sent messengers to Scipio to treat for an accord. When Scipio offered peace on condition that he withdrew at once into Syria, leaving all his other dominions to be dealt with by the Romans as they thought fit. 
Antiochus, refusing these terms, fought and was defeated, and again sent envoys to Scipio, enjoining them to accept whatever conditions the victor might be pleased to impose. But Scipio proposed no different terms from those he had offered before, saying that the Romans, as they lost not heart on defeat, so waxed not insolence with success. The contrary of all this is seen in the behavior of the Venetians, who, thinking their good fortune due to valor of which they were devoid, in their pride addressed the French king as son of St. Mark, and making no account of the church, and no longer restricting their ambition to the limits of Italy, came to dream of founding an empire like the Roman but afterwards when their good fortune deserted them and they met at vala a half defeat at the hands of the french king they lost their whole dominions not altogether from revolt but mainly by a base and abject surrender to the pope and the king of spain nay so low did they stoop as to send ambassadors to the emperor offering to become his tributaries and to write letters to the pope full of submission and servility in order to move his compassion to such abasement were they brought in four days time by what was in reality only a half defeat for on their flight after the battle of vela only about a half of their forces were engaged and one of their two provveditori escaped to verona with five and twenty thousand men horse and foot so that had there been a spark of valor in venice or any soundness in her military system she might easily have renewed her armies and again confronting fortune have stood prepared either to conquer or if she must fall to fall more gloriously and at any rate might have obtained for herself more honorable terms but a pusillanimous spirit occasioned by the defects of her ordinances in so far as they relate to war caused her to lose at once her courage and her dominions and so will it always happen with those who behave like the venetians for when men grow insolent in good fortune and abject in evil the fault lies in themselves and in the character of their training which when slight and frivolous assimilates them to itself but when otherwise makes them of another temper and giving them better acquaintance with the world causes them to be less disheartened by misfortunes and less elated by success and while this is true of individual men it holds good also of a concourse of men living together in one republic who will arrive at that measure of perfection which the institutions of their state permit and although i have already said on another occasion that a good militia is the foundation of all states and where that is wanting there can neither be good laws nor aught else that is good it seems to me not superfluous to say the same again because in reading this history of titus livius the necessity of such a foundation is made apparent in every page it is likewise shown that no army can be good unless it be thoroughly trained and exercised and that this can only be the case with an army raised from your own subjects for as a state is not and cannot always be at war you must have opportunity to train your army in times of peace 
but this having regard to the cost you can only have in respect of your own subjects when camillus as already related went forth to meet the etruscans his soldiers on seeing the great army of their enemy were filled with fear thinking themselves too to withstand its onset this untoward disposition being reported to camillus he showed himself to his men and by visiting their tents and conversing with this and the other among them was able to remove their misgivings and finally without other word of command he bade them each do his part as he had learned and been accustomed now any one who well considers the methods followed by camillus and the words spoken by him to encourage his soldiers to face their enemy will perceive that these words and methods could never have been used with an army which had not been trained and disciplined in time of peace as well as of war for no captain can trust to untrained soldiers or look for good service at their hands nay though he were another hannibal with such troops his defeat were certain for as a captain cannot be present everywhere while a battle is being fought unless he have taken all measures beforehand to render his men of the same temper as himself and have made sure that they perfectly understand his orders and arrangements he will inevitably be destroyed when a city therefore is armed and trained as rome was and when its citizens have daily opportunity both singly and together to make trial of their valour and learn what fortune can effect it will always happen that at all times and whether circumstances be adverse or favourable they will remain of unaltered courage and preserve the same noble bearing but when its citizens are unpractised in arms and trust not to their own valour but wholly to the arbitration of fortune they will change their temper as she changes and offer always the same example of behaviour as was given by the venetians End of chapter thirty one